much i was waiting for you all right you all thank you very much for joining us today i sent that song out to you and actually this is a uh our lesson today is really a lesson of encouraging i i, I just want to encourage each and every one of us because you know you we're, we're going through so 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 much and the lord had just placed on my heart he placed that song in my heart it's a new day is that all the other stuff has gone away uh and and I, I want to encourage each of you to be able to take some time and realize this is this is do new, and yeah. with what we went through yesterday, we can't recapture it. We'll never be able to go back to yesterday and get what we experienced yesterday. Uh, we can we can allow ourselves to drag it into this day, but it happened yesterday, so we should let it go and because expect what's going to happen in this day and the day to come. Uh, huh. no, I, I ask a sure. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I did not understand what you're saying. Then we'll be I'm sorry. So ask the question again. Oh, you are please mute your phone. Please mute your phones. We're on the recording. Patricia. Patricia. Uh, please mute your phone. We're on the recording. I apologize. I apologize. Okay. I don't know if I can cut that out, but I'll leave it there. But uh, anyway, you all, as I was saying, I, I want to thank God uh, for you, each and every one of you joining us today. And we're going to jump right in prayer so we can uh, get through the lesson. And the format is we do the lesson for about 30, 35, 40 minutes. And then the last 15 minutes, I cut the recording off and we go for open mic. And that is what the most important part is to be able to do the open mic uh, for you all to ask questions or 
uh, make a comment. And please, you all, speak up and make a comment. When, when I listen to the comments, that tells me that you're doing the work of the Lord. You're actually going out and doing something. That's why this lesson is important. We need to be able to encourage each other. And Paul said, you know, we can encourage ourselves. And we encourage ourselves by fellowshipping. We're not in each other's home, but we fellowship with each other uh, by uh, sharing sharing a meal, sharing God's word, and then it's our bread of life. Share that daily, and uh, become equipped. So as we go through this uh, uh, walk daily, as we're going through, and all the things that's happening all about the world, all around the world, we should make one thing. We should be able to. Uh, I, I'll say this, stop and smell the roses, and we'll talk about that later. Well, Father God, I just want to come touching and agreeing, thanking for each and every one that's on the line today, Father. Thank you, Father, for each one that has a desire to come online and not able to do it. Father God, we ask that you walk, that you, we know you're already there. Go into every sick room the homes that were somebody to be sick down and out, Father God. We, we we ask that your mercy forever flows, Father God. We we thank you that each and every one of us have a heart to be able to know you more, Father God, and be able to share your word as you told us to do. We pray this today in Jesus' name. And you all going to have to bear with me. I'm kind of like short breath today because I've been uh, talking to myself all morning. Not talking, but doing a little talking. And uh, so I'm not going to make an excuse. I'm just kind of short breath. And I'm going to throw some scriptures out there at you. And uh, one thing I want us to be able to do is go back into the podcast. Uh, Give me about an hour and I'll go ahead and download it. And re-listen to the lesson. It's encouraging. Some days just take your time and and sit back and look at and, and, uh, you know, read the scriptures. Uh, You know, the ones before and the one after that we thought. Uh, we're talking about you know uh, when we wake up in the morning this is one thing I want to make sure that we do before we wake when we wake up in the morning we need to thank God for a lot I I always say thank you father for allowing me to wake up this morning it wasn't our choice God woke us up this morning and so we should be thankful to God for waking us up in in the morning uh, and in our right mind and finally our eyes are open we're able to hear Everybody's not able to do all that. But when you're able to do it, you need to reverence God. Thank God for being for you being able to have that. And for you be able to have a good night's sleep, to have be able to dream, and then you wake up in the morning uh, and, and you're open, you're, you're still able to, to communicate with life. And we need to take some time and pause and, and, and do that. Now, there's an old little cliche. The cliche says uh, that we should stop and smell the roses. And that means to be aware, be attentive to the present moment, be able to experience and enjoy more of what's around us. And a lot of us just work, 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 work. And by the time we get ready to do that, we'll sleep. So regardless, you have to make yourself, that's in your mindset. Control. We are in control of our mind. So you are able to t- control your time also. Make your mind to just slow down and meditate. Think, think about Be aware of your surroundings at all times. And I especially say, say this, if you're a single person that goes out at night, always be 
aware of what's around you. Miss Pat is back in New York City, and I know she she watches. I know her. I know my friend watches all the time as to what's going on around her, and that's what we need to do, you all, even in the smaller towns, go because things are crazy now. You know, God worked six days, and he didn't he say on the seventh day he rested? That's what he did. Now, Exodus 20, that's the first one we're going to look at. So you might want to write it down because I'm going to be going fast. Exodus 20, verse 9 and 10 says, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. I'll read that again. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Verse 10 said, but... Uh, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or daughters. Let me uh, reduce a little bit. A little bit. Oh my goodness, I reduced it too much. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or daughters, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your homes. Now, the word Sabbath means today, the word Sabbath, S-A-B-B-A-T-H, actually means it's a time of rest. We, We don't normally follow this, as some of the denominations do follow this. I think Seventh-day Adventists is one of them that follow the Seventh-day thing. And their Sabbath is on a Saturday. But you can have your own Sabbath because God tells us, you know, uh, to rest. We, we can do all this hard work. And it's, if you just work, work, work after a while, you will become weary. And it, it actually says that you're not trusting God to make a way for you. Proverbs 29 Chapter 27, verse 1 through 9. Proverbs 27, 1 through 9 says, Do not boast about tomorrow. For you do not know what a day may bring. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth. An outsider and not your own lips. Let somebody else praise you. Verse 3 says, uh, A stone is heavy as sand a burden, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. Anger is cruel, and fury is overwhelming. But who can stand before jealousy? Better is an open rebuke than a hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. One who is full loaves honey from the comb, but the hunger, even what is bitter, tastes sweet. I'm going to read that again. One who is full, full loaves honey from the comb, but the hungry, even what is better, uh, tastes sweet. What is bitter, tastes sweet. Like a bird that flies its nest. My, my computer is hard for me to see you all. Let me turn it around. Like a bird that flees its nest. Is anyone who flees from home? Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the uh, pleasantness of a friend brings from their heartfelt 
advice. It's bottom line. Is it, it depends on what kind of friends you got. I, I'm saying this to encourage you to read the word, know what the word says about resting and taking some time for ourselves. You know, if we we get weary, we can't do anything for the Lord. We can't even do anything for ourselves when we're weary in time. We we we're not focused. Our brain is not focused when you're weary. God made our body a certain way and our body is we're supposed to settle down and take some rest. So the best thing that when you're sick is to sleep because our body, the way God has it made, our body restores itself. When we're laying down, resting, and we're not allowing a bunch of garbage to run through our brain. And we have control over it, you all. If if you don't have control on your own thoughts, there is an issue. You need to go back to God and ask him, what is the issue here? When you cannot control your own thoughts, your own body. There are some people cannot even cannot control their own body functions. And not, not to get rid of vulgar with it. Some people can't even control when they go to the bathroom. That's because they have allowed themselves to get to a state of mind where they have no control. They just relax and anything goes. They always have to go to somebody else to get advice instead of allow the spirit of God that's living in you to help you control. He is our comforter and controller. He'll tell us what to do. And and, and uh, with that, there's the, that's the best way. Now grab Numbers 23 verse 19. This one is vital. Write this down and go back and read it later. Write it down. Numbers 23 and 19. I'm reading the ESV version, but you might want to get it and just write it on the first page of your Bible. So when you, when you get discouraged and you don't, and you're confused, you don't understand. All right. Now this says, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. He has said, and he will do, he, he do not, he not do, okay, wait a minute, let me start back over. He said that he won't do it. God is not a man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will not, will be, will he not do it, or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? What bottom line what I would say God is faithful to his word if he said it he would do it but a lot of things we, we jump and run ahead of God because it's slow in coming maybe it's slow in coming because you got a wall or something in the way for it to happen we have to totally focus on God and the only way to get to God is through a son right so if you try to go around the sun and get to God, it won't happen. You pick up other spirits like a familiar spirit or something. Nehemiah, I'm going to give you several scriptures here. I'm giving you some old ones and some new ones just to encourage you that God wants us to be able to rest so that we can do better things. He said our, our latter days will be greater. Our latter days will be greater. All that stuff we did in the past, we made mistakes, we were dumb and not focused, it's gone. He said our latter days will be greater. And it's going to be greater because we're learning his word. And encourage If God said it, like I said, he's faithful. It will come to pass. We just have to make sure we're not in a way. So Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah is one of my favorite. And when I look at Nehemiah, I kind of look at my life itself. And you all find something in the Bible as to where you are. If you don't know what God wants you to do, go back to the beginning. 
go back, and I would say go back to the beginning of the New Testament uh, to get an understanding as to who Jesus is and the purpose, and then you can better hear from the Lord. Uh, Nehemiah 6 and 9 says, For they are wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from their work, and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. This is a prayer that Nehemiah prayed when all those us. Sanbiah and Tobias and all of them came up against them when they was trying to rebuild the walls of the city and the, the uh, doors and everything of the, each individual's home. So he said, for they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands would drop from their work and will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. When we fall into uh, temptations, you are a test that we feel we can't make it. There's always a drama that's happening in this world. And everybody's family, uh, there's something going on in every somebody's family. Always, everywhere. There's something going on. But when you have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, you can ask him, you know, God, give me strength to be able to endure this. And he will do it because he's faithful. Uh, Lamentations 3 and 22 through 24. Now, like I said, I'm reading the ESV version. I thought maybe I'll switch up a little bit. Yours might be a different version. The word, bottom line, all the word of God still says the same. Uh, Lamentations 3, verse 22 through 24 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new Every morning, great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I would hope in him. Write that one down to also, you all. Lamentations 3, verses 22, 23, and 24. Those are good scriptures to read in the morning before you get out of bed or when you get up. Have them on your phone. I have a Bible app that reads to me. And normally what I'm doing, I can't have C anymore, so normally I tap that Bible app and it reads the scriptures to me. And I want to read this one again to encourage somebody. Somebody. All of us Uh, there's no perfect person but we're supposed to be following Jesus who is the perfect man and we can become that if we follow Jesus now Lamentation says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning great is your faithfulness the Lord is my portion says my soul therefore I will hope in him God is my portion, and the only way I can make it daily, you all, is through God's hand. God's hand. Exodus uh, 23 and 12. Let's look at that one. This is the one I should have given you earlier, but I'll do it again. I may have said it already. I don't remember. Exodus 3 and 12, 23 and 12 says, Six days. Now, he was talking to whom? In Exodus, he was talking to the uh, Israelites that had uh, come out of Egypt and they were getting ready to go into the promised land. He says, six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. That's your ox, that your ox and your donkey may have rest. And the son of your servant woman and and the aliens may be refreshed. When we work, 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 and back then they had the oxen and the donkeys and all of that doing work. So if they work seven, eight days in a row, 
they will co- consistently work all the time. That they, they didn't even give the animals time to rest. If they work, 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 and after a while they're gonna drop dead. Uh, Exodus sixteen and twenty three. Exodus sixteen and 23, He said, he said to them, "This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord." Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that left over may left over may lay aside to be kept to morning. I I remember my mother and them, all of them. Back, I'll say back in the day when I was young, and coming up, the the thing was you do everything Monday through uh, Saturday. And Sunday, you get ready to go to church. And you do all your ironing. My, Lord, my mother will have a fit. My grandmother will have a stroke if you got up on Sunday morning and did some ironing. But we don't, we don't today, we, we do all that totally different. We, we, we just do whatever. They did, back in the day, they did all their cookings on Saturday night. And if anything, they had to finish it up. They, they didn't have crock pots and all of that. But they know how to put it, slowly cook it. Or get it done and and get it ready, and it'd be so when you come home for church, everybody sit down and they warm it up, and you have a good old meal, a, a nice gathering time, a fellowship time to talk with each other. I do remember on Sundays that's when all all our, our cousins, and most of them were older cousins, and uh, my uncle, my the uncle that was like four years older than me, this my daddy's brother. He was only four years older than me, and they would come over sometimes on Sunday, but not not much. Uh, but they would come by on Sundays. After, but my auntie had a lot of children that was uh, around our age, and they would definitely come over. Sometimes my mama would have two chickens, and my mother knew how to fry that chicken, cut them chicken up, so you can get about 30 pieces out of two chickens, and everybody got full on the meal, whatever she cooked. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Jeremiah 29 and 11. This was another encouraging scripture. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God said he knows what plans he has for us. That's why we need to be able to focus and listen to what God is saying. Like now, listen to what he said. He's got plans for you. He wants us to have welfare and not evil. He wants us to be well. He don't want the evil stuff. Don't want us to be so into all these familiar spirits that come from generation to generations and generations. And we entertain those spirits. Most of them are demonic spirits. Anytime you're doing stuff that's not of God, you, when we have that discerning spirit of the of God, we know the difference between right and wrong. And some of that stuff, we entertain it. Second Corinthians 4 and 16. 2 Corinthians 4. Verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 through 18. And again, this is the ESV version. It says, so we do not lose heart. Though our self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. I'm going to read that again. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparisons. We look not to things that are seen, 
but to things that are unseen. That's what I hope is. We, we, we don't just look at stuff we see now. We, we look at things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. T-R-A-N-S-I-E-N-T. But the things that are unseen are eternal. We, we, the things that we, we, we don't see, we have hope in our heart that know that God has favor for us. And we want to be able to walk in his favor as we go through this, 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 uh, shadow of death, the way I said, I said through the shadow of death. Now get Proverbs 3 and 5, 6. And for those of you all that ever, uh, talk to me, uh, th- this is a description that my my mentor and Patricia's mentor we have the same mentor. Uh, this is a pres- uh, the the scripture that she would have us to write down and then look up every word. I told you all this before. Look up every word in this scripture in a regular Bible in a regular dictionary, so you know what the word means. Now, verses. Prop- this is another one. Jot down, and you can go back and learn this one. It said, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make straight your path. I say this to you again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your make straight your path. We've all been through some stuff you all. We have to trust God because He already knows what's how the end result's going to be. Better yet, why not trust Him so you He'll as you walking through this this uh, this I, I say this this crazy world we're walking through. But as long as we got God in our heart, we're never alone. He'll make it straight. So as you go through all these jungles and you know and, and in this boot camp, we're looking, we're trying to get ourselves equipped so that we know as we go through this natural world daily, we're not alone. We have the Spirit of God living in us, and we're, we're, when we're focused, we can hear what He's saying to us. He, he'll pull back some covers so you can see a thing, see some things. Get first, first John four and eighteen. First John four and eighteen. First John 4 and 18 said, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Get whatever version you want to get and read that in. Uh, if you're afraid of something, whatever that is, that fear of whatever's going on, the bottom line, God didn't give it to you. It's something you don't picked up from the world. It's some of those familiar spirits that's hanging all around it. Because God said there is no fear in perfect love. But perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fear has not been perfected. Whoever fear has not been perfected in love. Bottom line, if you got fear, you, there, there's a love issue in your life. Um, got a few more, and I, I want us to jot down some of them. Just a few bit more. First Peter 1 and 3 says, First Peter 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, 
He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because Jesus got up after after they after he died on the cross, they put him in the tomb. Then he raised from the tomb and then ascended to heaven to the Father. Because he got up, we have mercy. A lot of this stuff we're going through saying that we're sacrificing for God. Nope, nope, nope. You're wrong. We talked about it in a couple of the lessons. You can't sacrifice nothing for God. Jesus already paid the price. So your, your suffering daily, being sick, is not a sacrifice. It's a hindrance to you. God does not require that. Does not require. Matthew 7 and 7. I love this one also. Matthew 7 and 7 says, uh, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Get that one in your heart. You, God so loves us that anything that we ask, he'll give it to us. If it's the right way, he won't give us a snake or something that's going to eat us up. He's not going to see in drama that's going to eat us up. He's not going to do that because he loves us too much. But when you ask him, some things, some natural things that we need, uh, uh, w- w- God will give it to us. But James 4 and 4, I think it's 4 and 3, also says that we, we ask amiss. Our heart's not right. That's why we don't get it sometimes. Now let's go ahead on to James 5 and 4. 5 and 4. And you might want to read this in a different version. Uh, let's skip that one because I don't have all of it down. Just write it down and y'all go back and look at it. Uh, Titus 3 and 5. Titus 3 and 5. It says that he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. We 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 are saved because of the Holy Spirit, you all. The Holy Spirit who who raised Jesus up from the dead. God's mercy is the only way we're living, the only way we we're able to get on this line because we have a heart for him. And I think every one of you all that take times out of your day to join and just fellowship with us and we we, we get the word together. Now in the old testament it said they met daily. They met daily in no in the New Testament after Jesus left they said they met daily in the homes. They discussed the word and and sometimes you need to uh, touch bases with some people, but if you're on the phone gossiping and just letting letting people rehearse their vomit to you, you you you're not doing anything for God. You're not even doing anything for yourself because all it's doing is is allow those old familiar spirits to come in and drain you and hold you down. Second uh, Timothy two and fifteen. I pray I'm not going too fast, but you can go back and listen to the podcast. Second Timothy. 2 and 15 said do your best to present yourself to God as one approved a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth we needed to be able to know what's true and what's not true God gives us that discerning spirit to be able to know that. And the best way to get it is to read the word. We, you may not remember the address, everything or whatever, but I do understand that once you read it 
and get it in there to you. The Holy Spirit will bring it, bring it back to your remembrance when you need it. When when uh, there's a temptation coming up, God does not tempt us, but we do endure test. We always have some test, and and a lot of times we we, we keep going around. The, I call it around the Meribara bush, like, like the Israelites had to do in the desert. They had to go over, and they, their journey was on eleven miles, but they t- they took a forty mile trip, a forty mile, a forty year trip to go eleven miles. Half of them died off during that time because uh, their unbelief. That's what it was. They didn't believe what God said. So he didn't waste no time. He was going to kill them, but he get, decided to give them some mercy. Like again, Second uh, Timothy 2 and 15 said, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed. You should not have any need to be ashamed. And when, when you, we carry shame, that's because it's on the inside of us what we're embarrassed about. But God said we don't need that. That's when you need to allow yourself to relax, focus, and let the Spirit of God comfort you, give you the right scriptures as to what's the, uh, what to read, and, and get the truth. Once you set the truth, what is it? Um, the truth will set you free. That's what it will. The truth, we have to stand fast in liberty. We, because it's always, like I said, it's always going to be something that comes up to try to knock you off your horse. But when you know the truth, when you have that spirit of God living in you, you know the spirit of God is living in you, nothing can stop you from, from believing that God is going to help you out of the situation. Nothing. I know nothing can stop me. And I'm no different than any of you all. You can have the same respect for God when, when you totally submit yourself to him. It's up to you to do that. I can't make you to do it. I can make you thirsty, but I can't make you uh, to do the action. You can. You have to believe that Jesus Christ is uh, an intercessor. In order to get to the Father, you can't go around Jesus. You got to get through Jesus, and Jesus talks to the Father for us. Once you get that recognition, then you can pray. So you pray to God when you have that right standing. You can pray to God in, 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 in Jesus' name. That's what I read in the Bible. I don't know. Colossians, C-O-L-O-S-S-I-A-N-S, Colossians 3 and 23. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 said, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for man. Bottom line, whatever you do, make sure you're doing it for God and not for man. I I'm gonna throw this out there. I, I uh, I'm so grateful to God that I'm not a sensitive person because I've been on this road a long time ministering to people, and a little situation came up where this lady said to me, "Well, I referred somebody to you, but they're afraid to talk to you because they they're just afraid to talk to you." And I thought about it. I said, "Well, Lord, uh, I know why people are afraid of it because I'm gonna tell you the truth. A lot of people don't like to hear the truth." And when I, I do exactly what God said, I give it to you. You don't receive it. I shake it off, shake the dust off and go on to another one. Because God has many, many people out there that don't know his word. But a lot of us know his word and wants to do whatever we want to do. We don't want to change. We want to do the same thing over and over and over. Verse Romans 12 and 2. This is the vital one to you all. Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2 said, Do not be conformed to this world 
don't be like this world. He said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Change your mind. When you trust God, you're going to change your mind. That by testing you and may discern what is the will of God. Once we change our mind the old way, out, out in the world, the natural way, not knowing God, there's a whole lot of folks that don't know God and don't want to hear about God. But we can't sit back there and keep begging them to hear about God. Every it's, The word tells us that every man's going to bow sooner or later. We can't make them bow. What, what is the word? You, you can lead a horse uh, to the water, but you can't make them drink. But one thing about it, you all, you can make them thirsty. You make them thirsty, make a person thirsty by letting your light shine. Not boasting, but let your light naturally shine before them. Have a good life. And make somebody want want a life like yours. Not want don't want your life, but want a life like yours. That's what how we we minister and and uh, able to draw other people to God. We're able to do that when we we live the kind of life that God tells us to live. Not that down and out and broke. Remember this: you cannot lead nobody to to God if you down out and broke. Bottom line: you down, you're always sick, you're always mummering, you always got an issue. You cannot leave anybody to God. So who wants a God like that? If He's not doing it for you, why would I want Him? Why would I want Him? This is something for you all to really think about. And I encourage you. Again, I say this: Romans uh, one, Romans twelve. And verse 2, he said, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be like the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Change your thought. Change your attitude. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. We're gonna, Like I said, we're going to always have some kind of test, uh, some kind of trial that come up, and like some t- temptations that come up. But when we go through life and we got fear hanging there, know this, that God did not give you that fear. It's a familiar spirit. At bottom line, it's a demon. It's not God. He does not give us a spirit of fear. But we pick it up because we're in the world. We listen to worldly people. Some of these preachers online, I tell you, right lately, I want to take them and slap them. Right, right in the head. You have to be careful as to what you're hearing. And they sound so good. That much it will make you want to pop a lock and jump through a window. But if you you got to be able to have the true discernment of what God is saying, what God is saying to you, uh, He says again, "Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God." We want to know what God's will is for us. What is good and acceptable and perfect? He wants us to live a perfect life. And I, I say to you all, and I end all of this because I say, God is faithful to His word.